0: Paper scissors, Mike the scissors. Blackest, blackest podcast blackest on, the on the planet. Welcome back to Mike Paper Scissors. You know we're we're day late, but you know we we here. We here had a little had a little situation, miscommunication, but we back. Got the crew with me, rocking that door. What's going on, gentlemen? What's good, family?
1: What's good?
0: Ah, all right, so let's let's give let's give these black folks some uh, some more uncomfortable conversation. So, um, you know, we were talking off mic, and you know, we came up with this topic of uh, of culture, and exactly like Abdur, how did how did you just how did you just label label this?
2: Hip hop culture, the black collective's only culture right now. Is it the only culture? Um,
0: Brock, I know, I know you hot off that Nipsey, so won't, won't you lead us into this?
1: Um, I wish that I could say no to that, but the fact of the matter is, I think that at some point or another, I can't really pinpoint when yes, um, black culture in its um, in, in, in the collective is pretty much emblematic of whatever is popping in hip-hop culture at the time. Um, and we could take that back all the way to, I mean, like the 80s, where, you know, black culture was, you know, being a B-boy to, you know, when gangster rap hit the scene and, you know, the the L.A. gang culture became a prominent thing. And then black culture became, you know, the gang life. And then you got your your East Coast rappers that came back in in the mid-'90s, you know, talking about the dope game. And that became a part of um, black culture. It's like we, for whatever reason, have decided that whatever is popping in the hip-hop scene is what we are and what we should be, and if you're anything other than that, or anything that deviates from that, you either ain't. Well, you know what? We don't sugarcoat stuff. On you either ain't a real nigga, or you're trying to be something other than black.
0: Is is the, would you would you say that? Would you say that this is an issue, a problem? Um, how, what word you want to use into? To put in there, um, for I, I think us it's problem- to- I
1: think it's problematic. Um, I do think it's problematic because the fact of the matter is, I mean, we say this all the time. We as black people, I mean, as hard ho- as much as we want to fight for this, we as black people are not a monolith. We 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 have yes, hip hop culture is a part of black culture, but it's not the only thing we are. Um, we we have right. scholars, we have people who are um who are athletes. We have people who um, excel in the arts outside of music. Um, I That's mean cool. hell, the greatest the greatest gymnast of all time is a beautiful black woman, right you know so there, there are there are things that we excel in that far exceed hip-hop culture yet that is what we embrace as the barometer. And the reason that I think that that can be problematic, is because if that is the barometer if hip hop culture and what is popping in hip hop culture is the ultimate barometer of what reflects what black people are and what black people want then how can we expect the black collective to actually grow we don't need if 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 what hip hop culture depicts is what we actually want then we don't need to grow because a lot a lot of not all but a lot of what hip hop culture depicts is what um Getting your foreign, having you a stack of having you a stack of money, having you a bad bitch or two on the side, you know. Jewelry. Having your jewelry. Yep. Um you know, you, you you got that you got that gas, you got that 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 crazy green, you know what I'm saying? Um all you know, hell, even if you want to talk to peel poppers, all of that stuff that's going on, to be perfectly honest, you don't have to accumulate wealth to have that shit. You can have a I, I, you, you can have a decent amount of money, a reasonable amount of money, not a lot, just a a, a okay middle class living can get you um, can get you a Cuban if you will if you're willing to you know put yourself in a little debt or spend outside of your means, a middle class living can get you a Cuban, a used foreign, a chick who don't know no better, and a, stack, <laughs> and, a and a stack of money in your hand because it's not in your bank account.
0: Mm, okay. Abdur,
2: Abdur what say you? So I think one, he's right. We have actually talked about some of this in a couple of podcasts. Um, and it's the double S sort of, you know, hip hop culture. And I think why, you know, we focus so much on hip hop culture being our culture, one, we don't have an exact identity. We don't know who we are or where we are. And there's thirty different black scholars that'll tell you thirty different things. We never fully embraced our African heritage. Um, you know, some of us believe that we were indigenous here. We haven't embraced that either. So we actually don't have a real identity. So therefore we don't have a real culture. I think hip hop has seen the first real success in America for black people. And I think we've latched on and, and, and clinched on to it so tightly that we've almost made it our identity. And for good and for the bad, the good side is, you know, we get some people out the hood, we employ people, there's a lot of money to be made, um, you know, and we're able to feed our families through dance, through the music, through the engineering, through the videos and the photography and the graffiti. And that's all cool. And that's the beautiful part of hip hop. The other side of it is the propaganda that stems from it that also hurts us long-term. And it always consistently perpetuates this vision of whatever hip-hop is doing at the time to keep us boxed in. So, like, right now it's gang culture. So most of the image you're going to see in hip-hop is going to be surrounded by people holding large sticks. For those that aren't, you know, don't know what a stick is in hip-hop, that's your AK-47 or your large-capacity rifle. You know what I'm saying? And we show these things, and, again, to use it against us, they're only going to show the negative side of it. So we flash the money, we show the guns, We talk about the drug use, and we talk about the drug selling, and that's what gets perpetuated mostly as our culture. We don't really see too much on the business, you know what I'm saying, the beauty of hip-hop and the other sides of it that we can use to uplift and add to what, you know, a black collective culture should be, you know what I mean? So I think the first part of it is not really having an actual identity. You go to any other race of people that have their music you know what i mean it stems from their own culture and what it's derived from now hip-hop culture comes from the the boom bat you know drum system everybody you know we'll, we'll age ourselves a little bit but african bambata you know what i'm saying they dealt with a lot of that you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and it brought our culture kind of intertwined with hip-hop music i think now we've extracted the african culture out of hip-hop music and it's now just either drug culture, gang culture, and now, sadly, thought culture. You know what I'm saying? And not knocking anybody to get into the bag, but for every one drug dealing rapper and every twerking thought rapper chick that's out there, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of regular black people imitating that and getting killed, going to jail, ending up in dead end strip clubs, not making no money, not getting to the bag. But they keep thinking... That because this is our culture, that's the only way that we can be and the only way that we can make our money. And sadly, we haven't been able to separate the buffoonery from what actually is substance and what can actually pro- project us forward to actually having a real culture and a real sound type of relationship with the music and what we stand for as a people. And again, bringing a politics side into it, not having an identity, not having a band and not knowing what we stand for is why we get picked apart by politicians. So it's a problem that I feel like leaks out to other parts of the issues we have as people.
0: Damn. I mean, that's the end of the show right there, y'all. <laughs> I do, I do it just broke
2: down.
1: <laughs> um, but see, I, I go go ahead, Chris. I wanna cause I wanna um, um I wanna add something to that, man. That I don't think we look at.
0: All right, add you add your and then I'm gonna ask a question. Add your
1: I hear everything you're saying, Ab, and that makes perfect sense. We don't have an identity, but I think that one thing that we are not embracing from a creativity standpoint, sometimes a blank slate is a beautiful thing because you can create whatever the hell you want. So rather than embracing all of these things that should reflect us, how come we can't seem to come together and create it? We, Ooh, we always, okay. We're we always looking back and saying, well, we didn't embrace this, and we don't have that, and this was taken to us. All right, fine. We get all of that. I get it. You know, our, our, our culture was stripped from us. But we are some of the most creative beings on this planet. Create a new one.
2: So, you're right. And I, and I guess the only thing I could say to that is because when hip-hop culture emerged, we actually didn't have actual control over it. We had control of the creativity but not the business and the imaging at first. You know what I mean? And for years, actually, just up until rather recently, the last decade, we've been reliant on other cultures to steer hip-hop as they wanted to, try to, make, to make the money. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we are the creatives, and we did birth this thing, but we never had true c- control because we always had to go to people who actually could get the music and get the culture out. So a lot of us, sadly enough, kind of had to do things we might not have done if we was in a better position you know what I mean and again that's where the buffoonery and all the extra comes out in the in the in the over uh, exaggeration of gang culture of drug culture of, of, of this stock culture gets exaggerated and gets pushed on our people because once it makes a little bit of money the powers that be that control only want you to do that you know what I'm saying? And and Eat. if we don't have people that are controlling the money and the business on it and says yeah, that's not what our people are. I don't care if it made money over there. We're not doing that. And have people that care about our people and what we look like to the globe, then you're going to have a bunch of people, whether they're Mexican, whether they're Jewish, whether they're European, no matter where they're from, if they're getting money, they're going to want to do what works. If it ain't broke, don't fiddle with it. You know what I'm saying? So if right now, if, you know... The Nelly music was making money. We don't care how corny nobody was playing it. If it's making money to white people and everywhere else, they're going to push that sound until something else comes along to replace it. When something else comes along to replace it, they're going to push that. The one thing they've never tried to actually push is the, the, the hip-hop positive side of our music and the and the, and the family side and the side that actually brings us together and uplifts us. There's never been a real type of force and big energy put behind it. It's quickly replaced by drugs, gangs, and, and the stock culture. And right now, sadly, we're in all three right now.
0: Well, Abdur, you, Abdur, you kinda gotta, uh, and I agree with you, um, but you gotta look at it like this, and you, you hit on so many complaints, I kinda don't even know where to start at, but I believe during the, the late the late 80s, mid 90s, when hip hop had that real identity, we were talking about real blackness and issues. Mm-hmm. I I think those those white record labels was like, nah, we we can't let them come together. Anytime we try to form any type of unity is when they gotta start dividing us. So that's when they let that little lollipop shit pop in and you know, let them let them, you know, <laughs> other other little, you know, come in and, and and divide us. Now, okay, let that let that gangster rap. Let's see. no let, uh, let no
1: nah, nah, let's not do that bro. Let's let's not act like you know gangster rap didn't have its place or the lollipop shit didn't have its place. I think I, I agree with what you're saying that there was more educational rap, but that wasn't the antithesis of what hip hop was. The beauty of what hip hop was was that there was balance. So you had that all. That said it. it all. I could listen to KRS-One and then a couple tracks later, listen to damn Slick Rick, because it wasn't like Slick. I mean, you're talking about two two rappers that were you know that were popping in the late late '80s and early '90s, and Slick Rick
0: is the furthest thing from educational rap you can have. Well, I, I'm not I'm not knocking gangster rap at all because you know, I we, you know we understand it. Um, so I wasn't right. not I wasn't putting a knock on on it. I'm just saying that. The record labels needed something to break apart that public enemy X Clan KRS one type of rap. Like As opposed yo, to pouring into the balance. Right. Like you guys feel right. that they're 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 talking about positivity and blackness. And I think those those white record labels was like, eh, nah, we ain't feeling that. Let's let's take this in another direction.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree with that because I, I do believe and it. I mean, I, 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 I'll say that the beginning of it was, you know, probably an NWA error. But what they were and Cube tried to explain this a lot during that time where he uh-huh. was telling he was telling people they like oh well you're out here telling kids to go do this and that and the other and fuck the police and he's saying and he had he was explaining to them hey we are artists yes we do come this is the environment that we come, we come from and we are painting a picture of what we experience so i mean you know as much as and i know you're not but as much as a lot of people like to slay gangster rap I think one thing gangster rap did bring to the forefront of hip hop was the idealism of storytelling. Now, it did start, uh-huh. you know. Don't get me wrong; we had people storytelling prior to that because, again, the song that made me truly just dive into hip hop as a child was "Children's Story" by Slick Rick. I, I, I saw that story in my head when I heard the song,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but hip hop really t- it, it 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 went from telling. Children's stories, pun intended, to telling you shit that we actually were experiencing, and it was painting yes. a very graphic picture of what Black folks were going through. And unfortunately, um, the narrative was pushed that that's what we actually are, not what we are going through.
2: And I, and 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 I think to kind of like tie it together, you're exactly right, Brock. With it's it's the lack of balance there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of sprinkled hair and little, you know, you can have kiss and poison, you know what I'm saying? And Def okay. Leppard, you know what I'm saying? And you can have some soft rock, you know what I mean? You can have yeah, some, throw some there, pork there, in there. There's, room for, there's, there's room for all of them. <laughs> I think, I think for our people, you know what I'm saying? I think for us, I think it's more of, they removed our balance out of it. And again, it's because we didn't have any control of the business. So, so again, I'm I'm not even going to, uh, a charge white people or Jewish people with initial malice. I think honestly, they look at it like business people. Hey, this is working. Let's duplicate this as many times as we can until it stops working. If it's gang culture, we're going to keep duplicating it as many times over. The responsibility then lies on the people that understand the business that was our people and they didn't, they didn't do the things to actually build our own house up so we can actually control how much of what and recreate our balance within our community with hip-hop. I think we let other people dictate it because they were getting to the money. And, and, and with any, any desperate people, if they're going to offer you a bag to rescue your own immediate family out of a bad situation, there's a lot of us that are going to do anything. You want me to dress up like this? You want me to put on blackface? You want me to tap dance? You want me to spin on my head? You want me to hold this weapon? You want me to point in the gun? You want me to do all of this? And, and they'll gladly do it and get paid a very little bit to them, large sum of money. But, again, they'll take a 360 deal and be the biggest buffoon on the planet and not even represent any of the stuff that they're actually showing on TV because they only care about not being in poverty. And I think we lost a lot of ourselves with just chasing that bag to a certain extent, and we lost our balance. And I think right now there's no excuse in hip-hop for us not to have balance. I think the people that are coming up in, in, in gang culture, especially with the music, are just choosing to do it, and they don't even come from gang culture lifestyle. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They're yeah. in it. And, and it's just because they think that that's what it takes to get to the money. And it's going to take some real artists collectively to actually come out and kind of change the direction and say, no, we can get to the bag this way. We can do things that way. It doesn't always have to be about murdering ourselves or, or, or doing things that absolutely hurt our people as a, as a group, as a collective, but we can start to channel this thing to actually make us grow in other aspects. so, So I think culturally hip hop has been great to us for an extent, but I think we've kind of hit our ceiling of what it can do as far as how it represents us globally. Now it's time for us to actually expand and and grow other parts using, I think hip hop as like the launching pad, but you know, there's no excuse for our people now to, to, to just chase the money in regards to hip hop. We do have a responsibility at this point and there's no, and, and we can't blame other cultures for, for exploiting us because again, we know better now. We know how the business runs. We know what it takes to make it. We have access. There's, there's never been a time to have more access to the public than there is now. So you don't need them to do anything you want to do.
1: Well, so you can't blame further. them anymore. Let's take it a step further, though. Have we as a collective become lazy as consumers? Because Are we just so content with, oh, that, that has a nice beat, and it kind of sounds like that other beat that I thought was nice. So I'm going to listen to that. Because I think about the early and mid-90s, bro, and at any – I mean, think about how eclectic this sound is coming from. And on a playlist, I could listen to um, What's My Name by Snoop Dogg, Today Was a Good Day, Juicy by Biggie, Mama Said Knock You Out, California Love, Shook Ones. The Humpty Dance and Summertime, all on the same damn playlist. Yep. yep. Totally, a balance a mix. Like, like it's almost, if you look at it today, it almost seems like those are all totally different genres. You
2: would think so. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I and, mean, but, even, even Rump Shaker was considered hip hop back then. But you're, you're actually, you're actually making
2: my point. It's, it's the issue of everything being condensed to what, what the powers that are making the money think is going to work. But so that's now, what I'm saying. Have, we, have they conditioned cool us to be lazy yeah. as consumers? Extremely lazy. All the beats are close to sounding the same. You know what I mean? They used to be, yo, listen. The, the whole point of going through an old tape, you know what I mean, is not only to, to hear the different tracks, but it's to hear the different production styles. Right. And now everything is a drill beat, a trap beat, or a down south beat. Like, I, and I'm sorry, there's not, nothing to knock or, or against any of that. No, but, but it, it becomes monotonous. Beat. I'm with you. It sounds the same. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of new rappers that come out. I can barely tell the difference. Now, that might age me a little bit. But again, we didn't have that issue because growing up, you couldn't sound like anybody else coming up. You actually would be crucified if you even sounded close to anyone else. Now, you have to sound like other people to actually get a pass. And that's the business driving the art and not the art driving the business. And that's why I think we've got
1: because it definitely takes away, man. I mean, like, I'm just sitting here thinking about songs that I could listen to back to back. That I mean, because I know we we talk about the educational hip hop, and but I'm sitting here thinking about songs that really have nothing to do with the uplifting of black folks, and I still bumped them, and they were dope in that time. Um, I could turn I could listen to Cream, and uh, and then turn around and listen to Freaks of the Industry, and bump
2: both of them. Listen. One, the one thing, but again, the one thing that you had back then that is that is, is a little bit lacking now, is pure authenticity. Everybody that came out during that era came from where they came from, did what they said they was doing to an extent. It might have been embellished a bit. This is entertainment, but to a degree, they were traceable back to where they said they were from. Snoop yeah, you're right. long, put in work. You could go to Long Beach and go to Snoop's house. You know what I'm saying? There's there's certain things and, and a way that these artists would come up and the authenticity of them is what made them shine through. You had um, Redman coming from Jersey; he felt like New Jersey. Wu-Tang coming out of Staten Island; they felt different from Biggie coming out of Brooklyn. They were authentic. Mm-hmm. What you know what I'm saying? I, I remember Westside um, and uh, uh, who was the group that that uh, Ice Cube came out with? It was Westside addiction West Side Connection, Ice Cube, and it was our other gentleman. They didn't sound like anybody else over there. The Loonies didn't sound like them. They E-40 had the still don't them sound
1: themselves. like nobody else.
2: <laughs> Yo, everybody was authentic in their own right. Now you got somebody that's coming from California will rap on a trap beat, and you might think they're from New York. I got New York rappers that, that was spitting, like that dude that came up with that song Panda. Remember that song Panda? Panda. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I thought he was from the South. I didn't know he was from New York. He sounded like he was from the South. That's sounded like a down South kind of trap music beat. You know what I'm saying? And the way he was rapping with the way he had the slow draw in his voice. When I first heard the song, I couldn't believe they told me this guy was from New York, but it just tells you that the business was driving the art and people are chasing the money. So then the art suffers. So culturally we suffer because we're not getting the diversity. We're not getting all the different variables of fruit that we bear from this hip hop culture. We're stuck on one kind that everybody wants to pick. There's a lot of good fruit and a lot of good, um, you know, different artists out there that can provide great music. They just not getting the opportunity.
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I I gotta put this out there because I know we got a lot of uh, listeners on the East coast and we talking hip hop and some of y'all may, um, question a Southern boys, hip hop, um, knowledge. I promise you, I'm more of a hip hop head than any of you might think. Um, and I say that because you brought up Redman, and I gotta say this, because I take every opportunity to say it when I can. Redman might be the most underrated lyricist in fucking oh, hip-hop. he's, he's nasty. Redman he's nasty. is so sick. But I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> but I, I just had to no, say No
2: <laughs> No, listen. but But again, people that understand hip-hop and know where it derives from, if you're a hip-hop head from 80s and the 90s, most of it was only coming from New York anyway, unless you was listening to your backyard stars down south that already had it buzzing, you know what no, I mean, in their I,
1: community. I was, but go ahead. But, no, no, I was going to say, I'll give you one down south artist that I don't know how y'all took him on the east coast, but for me, he had like a, almost a, a New York sound to him, even though he was rapping on the west coast, and that's the DLC. Prior that's, to the DLC's, um accident, know, accident yeah, messed I him think up. D-O- D.O.C. had the, the potential to
0: be the GOAT.
2: Yo, you know what's crazy? In the time, he was actually one of my favorites next to Q. It was him and Q for me. D.O.C. Honestly. was
0: dope. D.O.C. was dope. You know dope. what I'm
2: saying? Like, yo, he's nasty. And it's tragic what happened to his throat, man. Like, yo, that is absolutely man. tragic, man. Like, the one thing that's actually making you your bread at the time is what you lose. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you another one. And I'm going to go, stay down there with you, bro. uh I'm gonna stay down there, you, bro. I'm gonna stay in Texas. My man, Brad Jordan, Mr. the Scarface, hands down. <laughs> lyric lyrically, he was he was pumping that positivity out of his rap. He would give you a positive joint and then give you some 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 tales from the hood, You're right? At, at the same yeah. time, like bro, Scar, Scarface was Scarface was just that dude, and yeah. You know, like, he got that balance, but then again, you know, he's he's an early rapper, so, you know, I we, we wouldn't expect anything less from him.
1: And we keep hitting that one word, balance, and, you know, not to get totally off topic and to circle this back around, I think that's what we as a Black collective lack, and that's why we are mirror images of what hip-hop culture currently is. Maybe we were mirror images of what hip-hop culture was then as well, but there was more balance and
0: now right. so we married balance.
1: very very I mean that that balance is gone yeah and it's reflecting yeah. in our communities
0: Ooh. oh okay well you know I gotta um throw out the you know rest in peace to the the legendary Bismarcky who Thanks. we just lost
2: Yes, God
0: bless. A, 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 another, you know, another versatile brother who could, you know, give you some just a friend, give you uh, the vapors, you know, telling mm. stories of, stories of
2: right.
0: you know, how people jumped on you after you got on because you, you know, started off with nothing. Um,
2: and, and real quick, for those that don't know that I had kids growing up at the time, because I did, my son was very young. He was on Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm you know what right. i'm saying djing <laughs> for them because my son we was going i was like yo business on this yo was instantly hooked like yo shout out to biz and his family man god bless man i hope you resting in heaven you you brought a lot of smiles to me um i always enjoyed your music i felt like he was our hip-hop's Weird weirdo Yankovic to a degree you know never took himself too seriously you know what i'm saying right. and and, yep. and and always brought joy and, and, and actually was responsible for a lot of people's careers actually taking off, which I didn't know, you know? So yeah. he really was a staple point and he's going to be missed.
1: Facts. I mean, the the definition of hip hop, man, That mm-hmm. I, that's really all I, I can say. And I think that's all that needs to be said. He is one of those pillars that was the definition of hip hop.
0: Yes, he was. Well, <sighs> I think this was a, I mean, I like this conversation. I think we're gonna have to, you know, continue it. If not next week, at some point in the future, because we can dig further this conversation of hip hop culture and the identity of hip hop culture. So um, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll do that. But I wanna thank everybody for listening. Thank y'all for rocking on. And Always I- yeah. We'll we'll rock out with y'all next week Peace out
2: Peace. Peace This is called Mike Paper Scissors